Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 23 through 29, called Heirs According to the Promise. But before faith came, Galatians 3.23, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, 25, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Please be seated. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this great section in Galatians, finishing really an incredible chapter about how we really inherit the promise that's connected all the way back to Abraham. The promise of life through the seed of Abraham, the ultimate seed being Jesus himself. And this chapter really making it clear how one is saved. It is not by works. It's not by the works of the law. In fact, if you try to do it by the law, you're really under a curse. Rather, the blessing comes through placing faith in Jesus Christ. And it is a simple truth, and yet it is so profound that we have spent several uh, Bible studies and chapters digging it out so that we understand it from every angle, and we can never get too much of it, Lord. So I pray that you would open our eyes to the wonderful promises that you have for your people, especially in light of just current events, everything going on in this world, what we just talked about with uh, those three young men going home to be with you, Lord, and that promise becoming so uh, much more precious to all of us who have lost a loved one, to those who may be battling a sickness right now, to those who may be looking at the world's uh, problems and challenges and wondering, is there hope beyond the grave? Is, is, are these promises really true? Can I bank my life on them? Well, thank you that those promises in Christ are yes and amen. We can bank on them, and I pray that you would Just increase our faith this morning as we look to you in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Now you'll notice uh, in verse 23 it says, but before faith came, that would be connected to the arrival of Christ, we, and many scholars see the we there as the Jewish people were kept in custody under, that's the Greek word hupo, and I've given you the image before that that kind of means under the weight of something, under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. That word revealed is apocalypto. You you can think of the word apocalypsis or an apocalypse, and it really means a revealing. And when Christ came on the scene, he was the revelation. In times past, God spoke uh, through the prophets to us in many portions and in many ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his Son. 
Jesus Christ is the revelation of the promise. He is the revelation of God to us. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. Amen? And when the light of Christ floods a life, wherever you may be, whatever your journey's been, whatever your background, whether you grew up with Christian faith or not, that revelation is the hope. Jesus Christ is our hope and our light. And he was revealed to this world some 2,000 years ago. There is a record of his life in the four Gospels. There are extra biblical uh, writings about the life of Jesus, verifying his existence. And the record within the Bible of the four Gospels, plus all the commentary on the Gospels and the other books, like Galatians that we're studying right now, which goes back and kind of dissects the gospel and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus and the current ministry that Jesus, who is alive in heaven, has to his people is what's in the rest of our Bible, right? What we call the letters or the epistles. Plus, we have the book of Acts, which shows the events of the early church. This promise, the word promise, uh, if you're interested, is a word that means an announcement. That's what a promise is. And it's a, an announcement of a promise of life. So the promise we're talking about, that we are heirs according to the promise, is a promise that God made to those who trust in His Son, and it's a promise of life. He who has the Son, Jesus, has this life. He who does not have the Son, this is what the Bible says, does not have this life. Now I want you to think, and I'm going to give you an illustration familiar to a lot of you, and it's from the book of Luke. We won't turn there because I think you're familiar with it. And it's the scene where Jesus is dying on the cross. And he's being crucified between two criminals, one on the left and one on the right. A sign has been affixed to the top of the cross that says, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. And it's written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. It's written to the whole world. And so it's the Feast of Passover. So Jews from all over the world have descended upon Jerusalem for this high feast, and Jesus is dying on the Passover. Crucified on a public road where people could walk by during a normal day, conducting their business, going to the store, and they, their head would be about at his feet level. There he is dying on the cross, suffering for the sins of the world, and something unusual happens at midday when it should be fully sunny in the springtime, what happens? The sky grows dark. There's some sort of eclipse of the sun. This is recorded by extra-biblical writers, historians, that some weird happening happened during the day where everything went dark, the earth quaked, and Jesus is dying on the cross. Now, you guys have, have read the stories or maybe even seen some movies about this, but here's something that happens that's quite interesting. A man being crucified right next to Jesus comes to his senses. And both of them are hurling abuse at Jesus for a time. Can you imagine there you are dying and you're like, yeah, if you're the Messiah, save us and, and come down from the cross, right? And they're hurling abuse. And one of them comes to his senses and said, Lord, he says, remember me, think of these words, when you come into your kingdom. Jesus says to that man, Surely, surely I say to you, most assuredly I say to you, what? Today, you will be with me in paradise. How could a thief 
dying on a cross, being executed for a capital crime, become a co-heir of the kingdom of heaven right there on the spot. Today, you'll be with me, a co-heir in the kingdom. How is that possible? Because salvation is by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. So that no one can boast. Now the other man apparently never believed. And isn't it an interesting uh, scene to think about? One man becomes a co-heir with Christ simply by saying, Lord, remember me. Forget about my sin and remember me. I know something supernatural is happening. He becomes a co-heir with Christ. The other man, there's no record of his belief. What happens to him? He doesn't believe and he's condemned. This is the sad reality of where we are because of our fallenness. And this is where the text has been driving. Before faith came, look at verse 23, we, and many see both Jew and Gentile, here I'll let you wrestle with that, were kept in custody under, you could say under the weight of the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. We were all in this situation. We were all kept in custody under the law. Now, I'll give you the, the word uh, there, the, the word picture. And this idea of kept in custody is to mount a guard as a sentinel. It's to hem in as in a garrison. It's to keep the inhabitants of a besieged city from flight. It's under the control of the Mosaic law so that he might not escape from its power. It's the watching and guarding to preserve one for the attainment of something. Now this uh, particular word picture is interesting because how many times was Jerusalem surrounded by armies? <laughs> On multiple occasions, right? So when Paul uses the illustration of a uh, city captive we can think of jerusalem on multiple occasions the assyrians the babylonians we can think of the seleucids we can think of rome when the legions of rome in 70 a.d surrounded the city and basically starved a bunch of people out now that's the word picture here hemmed in by the law now i hope we've made it clear that the law is not the problem right <laughs> the law comes from god the law is holy and good because it's an extension of God but the law reveals sin illustration a pastor tells the story he said they were on a road trip with their young son and they were driving for miles and miles and miles and miles and they were on a lot of dark roads if you ever taken the 10 freeway to Arizona you kind of get the feeling of what that's like they came to a place that was pretty illuminated under a uh, stoplight and all of a sudden, the little boy said, look at all those dead bugs on our car. Ew. And all of a sudden, they drove on and it got dark again. And he said, mommy and daddy, all the dead bugs are gone. They appeared and then they're gone. Well, you all know the dead bugs were still on the car. <laughs> and they'd probably been there for quite some time. But the light revealed the reality of the situation. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Please take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on donate. Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. If your church isn't able to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. The little boy said, look at all those dead bugs on our car. Ew. And all of a sudden, they drove on and it got dark again. And he said, Mommy and Daddy, all the dead bugs are gone. They appeared and then they're gone. Well, you all know the dead bugs were still on the car. And they'd probably been there for quite some time. But the light revealed the reality of the situation. This is what the law does. How many of you have ever done this before? You've dusted your house. You spray the pledge and you dust. And then you open the blinds and you can't believe the particles that are in the air. So you close the blinds really quick. They're gone. No, they're not. <laughs> They're still there and you're still breathing them in. <gasps> See, you can close the blinds all you want, but the light of the law reveals the condition of the house. And sometimes when we're in different light, it reveals the true condition of us. The law is like a light or a mirror. Even when I don't want to look at the reality, I want to close the blinds. The law says, no, you've sinned against God. You've failed to do the right thing. You've taken uh, his commandments and pushed them aside. You haven't been perfect. You've missed the mark. And the law surrounds us. This is the problem. It, it reveals the reality. If you go back a verse, it says, but the scripture, 22, graphe, has shut up all men under sin. There's that idea there again about like being under a huge weight or boulder that the promise there's that promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to who to those who believe the scripture has declared 
the whole world to be prisoners in subjection to sin. And here the idea of shut up is the idea of fish enclosed in a net, shut together in a tight space. The law encloses and confines all of us under sin. Now a lot of the first disciples were fishermen. And we have some fishing miracles in the Gospels, right? And nets overflowing with fish. And all fish crammed into a net is a word picture that the fishermen could understand. In a tight space with no way out, no way of release, if you will. This is what the law does. The whole world is enclosed as guilty before God. And we need an answer. What is the answer? How do we find a way of escape? I think each of us know deep down that something's wrong. Each of us have a sense within our hearts and Romans 1 and 2 makes this clear. We have a sense of the law. Our hearts have the law written on them because we've been made in the image of God. And our conscience bears witness to that law. This is what theologians call the moral argument for God's existence. We have a sense of right and wrong verified by our conscience. And our conscience will either accuse us or excuse us. Amen? So there's times when I was growing up and I would get in a fight with my sister. And my sister was tough and strong and faster than me, as frustrating as that was. And we get in a little scrap and we go back and forth and she'd hit me and I'd chase her and I'd hit her and I always then felt bad. Ah, oh, I hit my sister. <laughs> Why did I feel bad? Because I had a sense of the law. Because <laughs> I had a conscience. And that's just the problem with the people these days, said Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Nobody pays attention to their conscience anymore. <laughs> that's just the problem with the world today. Anyway. I know that was a weak attempt. But anyway. <laughs> so scholars say that here the, the law functions as a kind of warden, a warden of a prison. And there we are, behind bars, hemmed in, tight spaces, guilt, with no hope of escape. And then the revelation of Jesus comes. And what did he come to do? To set the captives free. Isaiah 61. He's in his own hometown. Luke chapter 4 captures this. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has sent me to proclaim good news to the captives. To set at liberty the people who were trapped. Paraphrasing, but you guys remember the verses. I've come to set people free, to open the prison doors, to lift the weight, to lift the boulder, to make you free. Many people who have uh, shared with me their experience of salvation have told me they felt like a weight was lifted off of their shoulders. And that's what he does. Because he took the weight for us to give us that hope of everlasting life. Now, a further image that's given to us in verse 24 is that of a tutor. Therefore, the law, 24, has become our tutor. Your, uh, your translation may say guardian. Uh, if you have an old King James, it says schoolmaster. RSV says custodian. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. The Torah, 
which is the Hebrew word for law, is a tutor. Now, a tutor in our uh, vernacular is somebody maybe growing up that help you, helped you with your algebra homework, homework or maybe did your algebra homework for you. Anybody out there? Slip them $20. <laughs> Just do it for me. I don't get it. Those of you who get algebra, we, we highly respect you. That's all I can say. Anyway. But a tutor in the ancient world was a very familiar scene to the ancients. And here's what would happen. In Greco-Roman households, they had something called a pedagogos. Or we might just say a pedagogue. And a pedagogue was an ancient servant. Could be a slave in a household or a free person who served in a household. And they were responsible typically for young boys. They were kind of a glorified babysitter who were given charge by wealthy families to make sure the kids did their assignments, went off to school safely, got home safely. They were known as strict disciplinarians. And in fact, I guess the pedagogue was not liked, especially by the pedagogy, <laughs> the person being babysat. How many of you growing up abused your babysitters? Oh. How many of you had households where babysitters had one-time events and never returned. <laughs> I don't care how much you pay me. I'm out of here. <laughs> anyway. But in the ancient world, this is what the pedagogue did. Kind of oversaw the young kids and their role was a temporary role until the kids uh, reached adulthood. You've been listening to Heirs According to the Promise, part one on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 23 through 29. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you'd like to connect with our church, we have a free app that lets you know everything we're doing online and in person. You can contact us, learn about the adult and kid Bible studies, when our church services are, what our next free 633 event will be, and you can listen to our podcast. So download the Living Truth app in your app store today. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, if you've been with us in the Galatians study, you know that we've been using the word tutor. That's what the Bible says. The law was our tutor to lead us, our schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. And in much the same way, the idea of a guardian was something, someone that watched over a child. And even though the child was an heir, it did not experience what it meant to be an heir until it grew up, until it literally put on the toga in that culture. And much in the same way, we were under the guardianship of the law, if you will. But once we became uh, Christians, we were set free from that. We became co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We might have had a taste of what it was like to try to follow God, but now we are experiencing that full sonship in Jesus Christ. That's what we're getting at when we deal with the idea of guardians and tutors and that kind of thing. Well, hey, if you need to talk to a pastor and you'd like some prayer, or maybe you just need to get some things off your chest, we're here Tuesday through Friday to minister to you at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, we've had some of you emailing us, and you can email a prayer request or let us know how the program has been a blessing to you. We'd love to hear about it. Love to hear where you listen and what's going on with you. 
contact at walkintruth.com. That's the email address, contact at walkintruth.com. Now, speaking of contact and uh, people and all the good stuff of ministry, I want to just give a big shout out to those of you who have been supporting us financially. Thank you to those of you who pray for us. And here's just a list of names, and, and this certainly doesn't cover everybody, but here's a list of some people who have been supporting us and even more recently have jumped on board. Thank you, Haley, Nora, Tim, Andrew, Dina, Anthony, Henry, and Marco. And I know that there's more of you as well. And we'd love for you there to be more of you because we want to do more. Let me say that when we talk about giving here, we'd rather not talk about it actually, but we do know that giving is part of Christian worship. So maybe we should be talking about it more, but here's the bottom line. When you give, you're saying, walk in truth matters to me. It's impacted my life. And I want more people to hear this preaching. I want more people to experience this program. I'd like to see it if you're like me. This is my heart. Let it go all over the world, Lord. Let it go on multiple radio stations. And right now, we're on certain stations, but there's many more opportunities. A wide open door for effective service. And the more of you who give, you know, a lot of little gifts do add up. And we are extremely grateful for those of you who are supporting us monthly and consistently. And just be praying. Pray that the Lord would expand Walk in Truth where He wants it to go. Such a blessing. We appreciate you. We love you. And Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow on the broadcast. Join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 3, 23 through 29, called Heirs According to the Promise. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.